You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. All right, all right, all right. Let's have some fun today, shall we? We've got a couple different categories that I want to cover today. I do want to get to some news and notes because there's some stuff going on. But then I, I created a couple little buckets that I just started throwing stuff into. We got news, we got what I call fun audio, fun stats, analysts starting to notice, rivals despair, and receipts. Now, by far, the biggest, most hearty bucket is analysts starting to notice. And that makes sense, because aside from rivals who are obviously, you know, they're not going to lie about how they feel about things, most people are just going to pretend that they've been in this camp all along, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, I do a little bit, depending on what their takes were to begin with, because some of these guys said some pretty harsh things, like um, Colin Coward, who uh, upset me probably more than any other (laughs) television analyst ever when he came out and destroyed Jordan Love because of four articles. I was a little upset. It's funny, though, actually, and I don't know if we'll get to it today. I don't remember where I even saw it, but somebody pointed out that actually he was high on Jordan Love early. Like He was one of the earlier like big fans of Jordan Love and then just decided to change his tune and hate Jordan Love, and now he's all in on Jordan Love, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. I want to try to get through as much of that as we can, but again, let's start with the news. Um, Why don't we start with the Detroit Lions, I suppose. Uh, They did get news. Alim McNeil, their interior defensive lineman guy that I mentioned when we did the whole breakdown thing, really not a very good football player, or at least hasn't been, but this year has been doing some serious damage. Um, Their big nose tackle on the inside, he has been officially placed on IR, so he is down and out for the season. And for a team whose defense seems to be slipping, I mean, it it looked like their defense was kind of picking up. That was sort of their weakness, in my opinion. And then this year, that became sort of a strength, kind of like the Chiefs in a way. And then um, now down the stretch here, it's been slipping. And now to lose a guy on the inside like that is going to obviously not help that situation for them. I hate to say good for us when you're talking about a person getting injured, but let's be honest, that's kind of what it is. In his place, they're signing defensive tackle Tyson Alualu. 
And that's all I got for Detroit. Um, move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, one of the questions, I guess, that I have in the back of my mind is not just how our team's doing, but what is their projection moving forward? Um, I mentioned Detroit, you know, this year is kind of at a tip, at a tipping point, right? You're not at that young stage like the Packers are at now where you're just adding, 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 right? People starting to leave, people starting to get a little bit older, still questions at quarterback. I think Goff has done a good job, but there's, you know, it's kind of like a Kirk Cousins thing where it's like, he's really grading out well and doing some special stuff, but he's also costing us, you know, all the picks and everything else are becoming a problem. But anyways, with the Vikings, you look at it, And it's tough because you assume Kirk Cousins is probably not coming back. He may, I don't know, but he's not the long-term solution anyways. Um, And then the, oh man, I'm going to get one star again for saying anyways. (laughs) The the defense is kind of one of the standout things, but there's still a question of players, right? They don't have a lot of players. They're playing better than what they have, thanks to the defensive coordinator kind of doing some different stuff. And the biggest issue for them is that I think there's an understanding or a general belief that the Vikings will not be bringing Daniil Hunter back next year. There's been a lot of talk about that already this year. Um, They were able to make it at least work for this year, but there's a lot of questions about whether or not they're going to be able to pay him what he wants and probably what he's worth. But then there was another article here from heavy.com, just citing Alec Lewis of The Athletic. And in his mailbag, essentially saying it may not be super feasible for DJ Wonham to come back either, just based on how crazy the edge rusher market may get. The prices may kind of go through the roof and the Vikings may not necessarily be able to or willing to match what some of these guys are going to be getting. Here's what he had to say. 51 defenders have rushed the passer on 300 snaps this season. Wonham ranked 43rd out of those 51 in terms of pressure rate, According to True Media, his year-over-year pressure rate has also declined. In 2022, he pressured the quarterback in 9.9% of his snaps. This year, that number dropped to 8.9%. His win rate is also down from 8.2% to 6.7%. So his production is dipping, and the Vikings are probably not going to want to pay, you know. I mean, I'm sure, like I've said before, there's a price for everybody. And when you're lacking in bodies, you're willing to pay him something. But if free agency gets a little bit crazy, and you start offering him more than he's worth, I think an intelligent team would just simply look at that and say, I'm not doing that. And so that ultimately is the question. Are they going to lose not only Daniil Hunter, but DJ Wanham, Wonham, whatever, also? Which, you know, you can say addition by subtraction, but it's just, there's also just a question of bodies, you know? I guess that's it I had for the Vikings, too. I I had a ton of news things, but I guess it's all Packers and Bears, which makes sense for this podcast, honestly. (laughs) For starters with the Bears, I thought this would be a hilarious way to start. It it really just encapsulates where things are for Chicago, which is just not great. TheBearsBlog.com wrote, A haiku of patience as Chicago approaches a tipping point. (laughs) Oh, you dork. Here it is. Ready? I still don't understand this haiku stuff. Bears have much to prove as they march into Motown. How will this play out? I feel like haiku is like, you know how there's some art that you see? Like if you go to an art gallery, you look at it like, dude, that is amazing. They got like paintings that look like pictures. Then you see some art where it's just paint splashed all over crap. And it's like, this is called expressionism or whatever it is. 
this is my feelings on a canvas. Like, no, you just suck at art and you want to be an artist. Haikus are like, I suck, but I just want to write stuff down and pretend it's like an art thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> bears have much to prove as they march into Motown. How will this play out? The end. Wow. It's, it reminds me of like when my kids are like, you want to hear a joke? Because they have no idea how jokes work. You know, it's like, there's usually like two meanings, like a double meaning thing going on or whatever. And they're just like, you want to hear a joke? I'm like, sure. Why did the chicken say quack? Why? Because it's a duck. <laughs> like, you just said words. I don't know what you're talking about. And that was actually funnier than what my kids would have said, to be honest. But anyway, we've right, reached the um, writing haiku phase of despair for the Chicago Bears. There's also a lot of talk about the Chicago Bears potentially looking at Eric Bieniemy. I mean, obviously, there's questions about whether the coaching staff and the GM and all that are going to make it. Um, I would be shocked, to be completely honest. I know they all love uh, Poles over there and probably feel like he hasn't gotten a fair shake. I don't think Poles has done anything really noteworthy, to be completely honest. I think he's done a really poor job. Drafting and free agency, they did get that left tackle in the later rounds, which is pretty cool. Kind of like a Rasheed Walker type late round guy that's probably good enough, although he's not like, you know, premier or anything. But if you're moving in a new direction, you want to make sure, you know, you're not in the same situation where you draft a quarterback and then you find a new GM and coach to coach this quarterback that you didn't pick. You know what I mean? So anyways, Eric Bieniemy's name has been brought up and, um, well, let me just read this first. This is um, whatever. The Bears have registered interest in Commander's assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy as Chicago's current head coach. Matt Eberflus is under pressure with the team at 4-8, and eight, according to several reports. CBS Sports NFL insider Jacina Anderson tweeted the update on Tuesday afternoon. She also disclosed that there are other candidates uh, for that role, although it remains unclear who. Now, a couple things. Um... Let me start with, I would love it if Eric Bieniemy was the head coach. I think there are reasons why. The offensive coordinator for the most dangerous offense in football couldn't even get an offensive coordinator job, much less a head, head coaching look. And then he goes to Washington, and Washington sucks, and there's all kinds of rumors about like his personality, and people don't like him, and all that stuff. I, I, I would love it if Chicago got Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I, listen. They've already taken from the Andy Reid tree. How did that go? They did this experiment already. They got a better version of Eric Bieniemy, and he wasn't good, and they fired him. And then when Bieniemy left, Matt Nagy, who, is, who I'm talking about, took the job back as the offensive coordinator. So if you want to get the guy that was like the backup to Matt Nagy, who also has a bunch of rumors about him and his personality and clashes with, you know, Pat Mahomes and all that stuff, you go right ahead. But here's the other thing. I just think Eric Bieniemy is like the the media's pet project, right? They they just want him to get a job and so they're going to keep talking about him. And they're going to keep pretending like there's a big thing. And then he's not going to get a job and they're going to pretend it's this huge thing when in reality there probably isn't very serious interest in Chicago. He mentioned she mentioned there's interest in Bieniemy and a bunch of other people. So in other words, she probably asked the question in reverse order. Are they interested in a bunch of coaches? Yep. Is Bienemy one of them? Yep. Oh my goodness, let me write a report that they're really interested in Bienemy. The odds that he's the guy that ends up going... I mean, the, the only way that happens is because there's like 50 billion openings 
and nobody wants to go to Chicago, and he's like the next one on the list. He's like number 10 out of 10 openings, and that's who the Bears get stuck with. Why would you want Eric Bieniemy? Why would you take the offensive coordinator, who is like fifth in line in, in um, Kansas City, because all the other offensive coordinators kept getting hired away, like every single one of them, until Matt Nagy, and then that was a disaster, and then they cut the spigot off. Like, all right, we've obviously reached the bottom of that well, and now what, you're going to hire the offensive coordinator for Washington? What, over Detroit? Over Miami? Heck, I'd be curious if the offensive coordinator in Green Bay would get a look before Biennemi would, considering what's been happening, considering the creativity and the, you know, the, the ability to, first of all, get it. I mean, look at how they developed Jordan Love. You don't want that in a building with a new quarterback? I know you already kind of played that game in Chicago. But remember, you took the guy that we didn't want. We took this guy. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it would be a great candidate. I'm just saying I would be looking at the Packers offensive coordinator before Washington's offensive coordinator slash Kansas City's fifth in line offensive coordinator. But that's the kind of just absolute, like I see it and I just start laughing type news that is consistently happening in Chicago. Here's another la- uh, knee slapper. This is from Sports Mockery. Eric Lambert wrote, Former Bears scout reveals why Justin Fields likely stays. First of all, bullcrap. But second of all, please be true. Because if they stick with Justin Fields with the number one pick, oh my goodness, I don't give a crap what elite wide receivers and tight ends and tackles you get. You suck. Let me just read the second paragraph down here. It says, plenty of people, including those who have worked in the NFL, say if the Bears end up with the number one or number two pick, they're taking a quarterback. There is nothing Fields can do. Former scouting director Greg Gabriel, I'm sure many of you know him, Greg Gabe on Twitter, isn't so sure about that. Based on what he's seen the past few weeks, it has become evident Fields has improved. Many of the issues that plagued him last year have been smoothed out. In truth, Gabriel told Bears Barroom, uh, great show, by the way, Two reasons why Fields staying is a stronger possibility than people think. Number one, offensive coordinator Luke Getze appears to be the bigger problem. It's possible that there are two problems, or multiple problems, one of them being Fields, but okay. Anyways, two, it would allow GM Ryan Poles to once again trade down. Yeah, here's the problem. Trading down sounds super wonderful. You know what else sounds wonderful? Allowing Ryan Poles to pick the quarterback that he wants to pick or just firing poles and getting somebody else and letting them pick a quarterback, but whatever. But here is that exchange. You got to make up your mind. Are we better off with one of these young guys or staying status quo with Justin? Now, I, I, I listen to people like Chase Daniels, who's very knowledgeable and played the, even though he's never really a starter, started games, but most parties back up, a very knowledgeable, knows and understand the position. He's of the mindset, no, you've got to keep him around. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's... By the way, all the quarterback breakdown people, as far as I know, maybe not QB school as much, but they all like Fields because most of them like all the quarterbacks because that's just what they do. They're biased toward quarterbacks. Like, no, he's really good. It's just everybody else's fault. Like, okay, cool. Thanks for your insights. He's got a chance to be a real good player. I think he's, you know, I've come about face. I think he's got a chance to be a real good player. He's done th- things recently that just like, yeah, it's there. Yeah. But he needs some help. And, and 
And I don't mean the help as players. I mean the help as. You mean like new offensive linemen and, you know, getting DJ Moore, which was supposed to fix it, but now it's, which is exactly what I said would happen. I said exactly this next year. We're going to hear the exact same bull crap when they find out that one new wide receiver and adding one guard that's a piece of crap and a rookie right tackle is not going to fix everything that we're going to be back here next year saying the same thing. He needs help. Look at that. Halfway through the season, and we got Greg Gabriel saying he just needs some help. Yeah, okay, go get him some help. Go get him. What they're doing to help him right. schematically. Right. Right. Uh, and if that's if that's the deter schematically, they're doing nothing but checkdowns because they don't throw trust him to throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. Nation they come up with. If they have one or two, they're trading. Mm-hmm. That's you take that one to the bank. They're trading it. Whoever wants one of those quarterbacks, and you're going to get a you know boatload of picks just like they got last year, and that's better for the franchise. You got to think of what's the best for the franchise to help the franchise succeed. Yeah, look, I I I am convinced of the right path i i I was gonna say i'm convinced of what the bears are gonna do but being convinced that the bears are gonna do the right thing i guess is probably ill ill thought out but um the right path is very very clear you need to identify right now who you want at gm you need to be starting with that then you work with your gm to find a new coach and you need to work real hard and it shouldn't be that hard to find a coach because you have probably the number one and another top five pick in the draft. So finding a GM that's interested in doing that and taking that responsibility and then finding a coach who wants to do that shouldn't be that hard. You get the right guys. Then you draft a quarterback and after that you draft a tackle to protect your quarterback. Okay, because DJ Moore is your number one wide receiver. Yes, having two number ones would be fantastic, but just roll with DJ Moore. Cole Komet is, is good enough. Build up the offensive line and, and make this thing actually work. Now, that's the, the one thing I don't want to happen, but that is the right course of action. Another funny rumor or storyline, it's funny, there's a lot of rumors about the Bears because there's nothing else to talk about other than speculate nonsense. Um, but one of the things that is being talked about a lot is a potential hiring of Jim Harbaugh to the Chicago Bears. This has been pretty much an annual thing. Will Harbaugh return? He obviously doesn't want to, but maybe with all the drama, he'd be willing to, blah, 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 whatever. Um, There is one major issue, though. The Chicago Bears decided to hire a new team president this year by the name of Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren was the president of the Big Ten when Harbaugh was getting his start at Michigan, and they do not like each other. According to uh, Yahoo Sports insider Jordan Schultz, there is a fractured relationship that has no ability to be repaired between the two. So talks about Jim Harbaugh have gotten Bears fans all up and excited, but that seems to be unlikely. It is funny, though, because there's some talk about if Jim Harbaugh comes back, maybe he would bring Colin Kaepernick with him. And I just think if, if the Chicago Bears brought in Harbaugh and Harbaugh brought in Colin Kaepernick, it would just be the greatest clown show in the history of the world. In fact, I'll tell you what. How about this? Bring in um, the enemy. Keep Justin Fields and then bring in Kaepernick. And then watch <laughs> as the NFL media tries to find a way to say that the Bears are the greatest team in history when they go 0-17.
That would be the best. All right, finally, let's pivot to the Green Bay Packers. First of all, uh, the matchup with the Giants, it has been announced that Tommy DeVito will be starting for the Giants. We'll take a different day to kind of go over all the different prospects and how they, you know, or not prospects, but the the Giants and their team and all that stuff. So we'll look at DeVito on another day. But um, the Giants are one of the many teams right now going through a consistent quarterback car- carousel, whether it's due to injuries, which there have been a lot of, or just due to terrible play. And I think you get both in New York. But uh, Tyrod Taylor, it was a lot of speculation he would be playing, and apparently he's really upset that Tommy DeVito was given the nod instead of him, but whatever. In personnel news, uh, the continuation of the running back carousel continues. The Green Bay Packers did add a very familiar um, name in Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's been around for a while, third-round pick, most notably played for Miami. He's been with three different teams this year. I think it was Baltimore and Cleveland. Um, The Packers did pick him up. There's obviously going to be a lot of, I shouldn't say, I don't know, but generally speaking, when when a notable name, and I think James Robinson was another one, to be honest, so some people knew who he was anyways, there's a lot of people in the fan base who are like, oh man, he's so good, it's going to be amazing, but um, there's a reason he's been on as many teams as he has. But anyways, the, the really cool thing about this uh, situation is Jacina Anderson asked him about joining the Packers. And he said, quote, I could feel the energy around the building today. It was legendary. And you can feel the legacy and bright future they have. I'm excited to get to work to help them take that next step forward towards the ultimate goal. That kind of a comment, as much as it could be seen as just sort of a generic thing or whatever. I think that's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's just the kind of mentality that he has, you know, it's not like I'm just trying to get back to being one of the top dogs or whatever. I'm, I'm here to prove what I can do, which is what I think most of the guys would say. Um, he comes in, first of all, praising the organization and just talking about how amazing it is to be a part of the organization, which, I mean, you're stroking the right chords there. But then the second part talking about, I'm just here to help them get what they need. I mean, that that is the right attitude for a guy like him to have. You know, it's 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 not... I'm great and, and and everybody just forgot and I'm going to prove it. It's, you know, I understand where I'm at in my career. I understand my role and I'm just excited to be here and I'm excited to help this team, uh, which looks really promising, uh, get to where it needs to be. I'm here to do whatever I can do. So I don't know much about the guy other than having observed him play over the years, but uh, that right there kind of strikes me as sort of a high character thing, which makes sense that the Packers would be interested in at least checking him out. Um, he was signed to the practice squad, but obviously there's a very good chance that he could be elevated on game day, depending on how the injuries all shake out and, and how he does, you know, I mean, if he actually looks better than maybe the guys we have or whatever, he could end up making it. So we'll see. We got Kenyon Drake now. Uh, with that move, though, James Robinson was let go. He was released from the practice squad. So that was a, you know, short experiment that just wasn't super great. But this is sort of the churning of the of the lower parts of the roster, right? Uh, I think Gutekunst does this as well as anybody else, just constantly bringing people in so that when somebody goes down, we've got somebody we can rely on. And, you know, we've we've had multiple people come in that have been reliable. I mean, we brought back Patrick Taylor. He's been solid enough to get the job done. And um, they just don't think James Robinson is up to snuff, so they're going to bring in Kenyon Drake. And if he can be the guy, then, you know, Again, I mean, it's hard to argue with the process so far. We've had a massive amount of injuries, and the team is playing at its best since 2021. Possibly, arguably better, depending on, you know, how consistent they are playing. But I I don't know that, I mean, you you probably have to go back to 2020 if you're talking about 
beating Detroit in Detroit and then beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's a tall order from even the absolute best of the best Packers teams. And um, the amount of people that we've had to rely on as far as depth, uh, again, I just think uh, Gutekunst deserves a lot of credit for that. And he continues it with uh, Kenyon Drake. Otherwise, I did have a few other things that I wanted to touch on, but it's mostly just speculation and whatnot, especially regarding Christian Watson. Um, I don't have anything super concrete, so I'm just not going to dabble in it. Uh, The only other concrete news is Mason Crosby has signed with the Rams. Now, we did already play them, and um, it's unlikely that we end up seeing them again. However, there is a scenario in which the Rams do slip into the playoffs along with the Green Bay Packers, and we do see Mason Crosby in the postseason, which I'm not saying I want that. I'm just saying there is a slim possibility of that happening. And I also say slim because it's unlikely that we'd be matched up with the Rams. We would probably have like the sixth seed. They would have the seventh seed. And so we'd be facing other teams. We'd both have to win and then end up playing. It's just, it's it's unlikely. But anyways, Mason Crosby does have a new home going out to L.A., so congrats to him and to his family. It's got to be tough to pick up and move, but I suppose such is the life of a uh, NFL football player. Anyways, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and take a look at uh, what should we do? What should we do? Let's let's have fun and uh, start with some rivals despair, shall we? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or go over to Venmo at Packernet Podcast. You can uh, do whatever you want to do. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is bullshit because the Packers are going to go to the playoffs. They are, they have, the rest of their schedule is Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. The Packers are going to go to the playoffs, and Jordan Love is good, and it's fucking bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. They shouldn't get away with this. It's absolute bullshit. Like he, Jordan Love's throwing balls that should get intercepted, and they're not getting intercepted, and he looks good, and he looks comfortable. He's doing Rodgers. The whole thing is bullshit. Nothing in life is fair. If you if you have to, it, it, like if you're trying to teach your kids why life isn't fair, just show them Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. It's not fair. It's not fair, PFT. Well, we're too early on the Jordan Love thing, though. No, I, I think he might be good. I, I, I like he, but, he looks so much better than he did at the beginning of the season. He's come along, and it's bull. I thought it was bullshit how the Colts had Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck right after. Yeah, but then if he, you get three in a row, but he retires. Jordan Love might retire. It's true. He should retire. He should retire. Do football is a dangerous, dangerous sport. sport. Dangerous you shouldn't sport. be doing it, Jordan Love. For, the lo- for your long-term you wanna, health and safety, you want to be able to walk your kids. Derek Rose, want to <laughs> be able to walk my kids to graduation. But either way, this is bull. <sighs> Man, they're gonna they're gonna go to the playoffs. PFT. The only hope I have is that the Bears do like a Lions last year and like start ripping off wins and then beat them Week 18. That'd be nice. That would be your Super Bowl. It would be, oh my! It would be, be bigger than my Super Bowl. Now I'd raise, I would raise a literal banner in the office. Uh, the Bears beat the Packers Week 18 to keep them out of the playoffs. There will be an actual banner made that I will raise and have a banner raising ceremony. And I know that sounds so pathetic and so sad, but I do not care because uh, it will mean that much to me. Well, Mahomes going for a PI. Oh, that was a PI. He got a PI. Call the PI. Oh, the Packers get away with everything. They didn't call P.I.? They get, away, they get away with everything. What? This well, is what I'm talking about. Here's the thing is for the Chiefs wide receivers, it's hard to say what's a catchable ball because they all stink. But this is what happens. Like, yeah, that's MVS. No ball is catchable for him. This is what happens. Uncatchable. Pack, oh, my oh, my God. God. That's a bad missed call. Yeah, he oh. jumped on his back. That's really bad. This is what happens when the Packers start getting their voodoo going and they start winning games with bullshit things happening and Jordan Lowe's throwing up 50-50 balls that always get caught and it's bull it's bull and I know there's Packers fans listening right now who are just smiling ear to ear and they're loving every second of this and you're a sicko and a pervert and you should be in jail memes has the uh, ref jump doing Lambo leap meme ready yeah hit it memes tweet that it's real it's it's real memes it's real <laughs> Packers are fucking back people are just being mean to me online it's just like all the what's what's old is new and new is old. I just want to get ahead of the headlines. It's gonna be Tail Mary T A Y L Mary, and it's gonna be a picture of Taylor Swift. Oh, I like that. That's I'm just gonna say it's a PFT. 19 seconds here. You see that in the New York Post. Tomorrow. This is all rigged. So this is the last play. Fourth and ten. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Five seconds left. If if there's a God, if, if there's a justice in the world, this is actually the anniversary of the Rogers Hail Mary against the Lions. Is there? Really? A, yeah. There's justice in the world. The Chiefs somehow convert this and score a touchdown and then win the game. And then we can all go home happy and we can just pretend everything I said just doesn't count. See, what I would do here is I'd rush two and then put a QB spy on him. I'd agree. And then Isaiah Bond in the end zone. Oh, here comes Mahomes. Oh, he's turning around. He's got to be dizzy. And threw it up. Oh, someone almost caught it. Pass interference. Oh. Throw the flag. Ah. <sighs> The Packers are going to the playoffs, PFT. Okay, 
some silver lining. Swifties are going to be furious at NFL officiating after this game. Swifties. Okay, yes. Swifties. Yeah, oh, I'm going to treat that. Guess yes, what? You, Swifties, you, you joined this league. We're glad that you're here. You're watching this game, rooting for your guy, Travis. Yep. Travis got f***ed tonight, probably because Roger Dell is sick of having Taylor Swift steal the spotlight from his league. I want you to investigate NFL officials. I want you to look into why we don't have full-time officials in this league. Look, the pass interference on Travis Kelsey on the Hail Mary. Swifties, what the f***? They tackled him in the end zone. Oh, we need your help, Swifties. If you're as powerful as you say you are, you'd get it overturned the whole game. Yeah. Do it. Do it for, for Taylor. <sighs> okay. So, and the Packers are going to the playoffs. I'm, I have to accept it right now. I have to just deal with what, what's going to happen. Did you know um, that, that Matt LaFleur is now 16-0 and as the Packers head coach in December? But that was Rodgers. Insurance yeah. love. They're, they're going to go to the playoffs, and they, they are going to – like they could win a playoff game in a, in a year where they're rebuilding, they, they just are somehow good and they're gonna f-ing go to the playoffs. Like if they get the sixth seed, they could beat the Lions. They just beat the Lions in in Detroit. Lions fans, you need to do something about this with me. We need to all come together. This is bull. It can't happen. Get this game overturned, Swifties. All right. And there it is. You've probably already seen an abbreviated version of that clip. I went and got the whole thing and kind of cut out some of the not as interesting pieces, but is that not the most satisfying thing in the entire world? Because the bottom line, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen, you know, Bears fans are real loud. Um, I don't usually see Vikings or Lions fans a ton. Like I said, Vikings fans, I think are pretty cool because they're pretty rational people, right? Even sort of the objections to the Packers are more rational, not so emotional, whatever, but Bears fans are just off their freaking rocker. And they're so emotional. They're so swingy. Like, we're the greatest... MVP for Fields and that and Packers are going to be bad for 30 years. Like, just nonsense. And this is honest. I mean, Bears, Vikings, and Lions fans that are being honest, there, there's there's an element of this. Even if there's sort of some reservations like, well, let's calm down. We don't actually know. And, you know, they still need some work. That's fine. But the bottom line is that last part is exactly where they all are at right now. Because it's not fair, right? For For three organizations that have really struggled to find quarterbacks number one but have also struggled just to be good and to get into the playoffs like it is really really hard work especially for the lions also for the bears and and a good amount for the vikings like i mean you know depending on what era but you talk over that last 30 year stretch where the packers have been in almost every single year these teams have not been in the playoffs nearly as much I mean, it's more of a rare occurrence that is like a special thing when you actually get to the playoffs. The Packers do it every year, and it's like, you know, obviously it's possible in the next five years the Packers figure something out, but you expect at least a period where you could say, ha-ha, you suck. See, we told you, you don't have Rodgers anymore, bad man gone, you suck, we're better than you. Now it's the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears, and we get to duke it out and just just, just laugh at you on our way to the top. And here Jordan Love is looking like, a really good quarterback. The Packers are looking like the best team in the NFC North and they're going to sail into the playoffs. And I'll be honest, it's obviously I'm not angry, but it is the most understandable and justifiable rage (laughs) inducing event that I think that there is. It it is so understand. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, dude, it is unfair. Like it is so wildly unfair, but I love it so much because we can all just sit back and go, you bunch of freaking loot. Like, why do you, why do you make this so hard? 
You understand like half the NFL gets into the playoffs these days, right? Like why can't you do it? Why do you suck? Like you can't find a quarterback? Your entire franchise, Chicago, you haven't found a single quarterback, not one that's cracked 4,000 yards, which isn't even that big of a milestone. Like that's pretty standard. 4K? That's just, that's, that's moderate stuff. In your entire franchise history, you've had no one do it? Jordan Love's about to pass Justin Fields in wins. Not like per year, like total. He's going to have a better season than Fields has ever had. He's going to have a better season this year if he continues the way he's going, which at this point it would be unlikely if he didn't when you look at the defenses we're going up against. Not one of them is as good as the Vikings. I'm not sure any of them are as good as Detroit. Maybe Minnesota. I don't know. But it's very likely that Justin Fields in his or Jordan Love in his first year, we need to get Justin Fields out of here so I just stop saying his name and confusing Jordan Love with it because at this point it has become blasphemy. I want Justin Fields to go somewhere else and have wild success. Elite AFC quarterback, just in the mix with all the other boys. Like, yeah, go get him, Justin. I can't wait to be a huge Justin Fields fan. I really like him. He seems like a great guy. He's actually friends with Jordan Love. Like, I can't wait to be the biggest Justin Fields backer in the entire NFL fandom universe. But Jordan Love... At the end of this year, if he just continues on the path that he's on, in a year in which he really struggled for about a quarter of the season, at least, if not half the season, he stumbled through the entire first half of the season, which, hilariously, what did I... I gotta go find that clip. Do you remember what I said? I gotta find that damn tweet that I put out, where it was like, he's a second-half quarterback. We're just about to enter the second half of the season. And he freaking went off. Just, boom. I gotta find that tweet. But the dude, he played at his most optimal for half the season, and he played as, as a not great quarterback for another half of the season. And even with that level of performance, with, that, with like one arm behind his back, he is about to surpass any and all Chicago Bears quarterbacks in your entire franchise history. Pending some kind of injury or just a complete fall off and flop from this offense, from Matt LaFleur's play calling, from the wide receivers, maybe losing Christian Watson is going to doom this entire team. I don't know. But pending some kind of massive collapse, that's what's going to happen. And as a Bears fan, that would have to be the most infuriating thing in the entire world. To not only, not only is it, we really believe that we are going to have a good year, and we really believe the Packers are going to be absolutely awful because we were lied to we lied to ourselves we were lied to by other bears fans and vikings fans lions fans we were lied to by the nfl media we were lied to by some packer fans who believed that the only thing we had to fear was aaron Rodgers. the only thing that was worth being afraid of was rogers and once he's gone this team is trash their offensive line their wide receivers their coach and play calling their defense everything about this team is awful And we're going to finally see that. Not only is that not the case, but Jordan Love is now, there are now rumblings about, let's say he can continue on this path. Should he be in the MVP conversation? You have been pushing for Justin Fields MVP. Can you imagine if any of the three things happened? Jordan Love MVP, excuse me, Matt LaFleur coach of the year or Brian Gutekunst executive of the year. I know MVP is, is a long shot. I'm just saying even just having these things in the discussion, while simultaneously, what are the Bears hearing? Justin Fields is about to be replaced. The head coaches are going to be fired. And let Poles Cook very likely could be out the door. 
this season did not turn out the way many people thought. So with that, why don't we get to our second video? Actually, you know what? We only have three things. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, I tweeted that on October 30th. The, I found the tweet where I said, here's, here's what I said. Because remember, the Packers were really terrible in the first half, really good in the second half. I said, Packers struggle in the first half of the season, but the second half of the season is about to begin. So by my calculations, Love should be the best quarterback in the NFL, and the Packers will go on to be undefeated. Second half team, that's how this works, right? Since then, we did lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we have otherwise been undefeated. We were loss, 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 loss. And then I tweeted that one day after the Vikings loss, and it's been win, loss, win, win, win. With, you know, a, a real possibility of going undefeated outside of that. Anyways, I want to get to this tweet real quick before we get to our final video of uh, Rivals Despair. I don't have anything for the Lions yet. I will continue scouring. Again, they're hard to find out there. This is from Bear Report. Bear Report does a very good job. They're a, you know, whatever. They're good people. The writer over at Bear Report wrote, Bears are draft pick watching, having decisions to make on head coach, offense coordinator, and quarterback in what was a big year for rebuild just two years after they reset coaching and front office. Packers sit at the number seven spot in the playoff race with Jordan Love in his first year starting. Hell. This is hell. I'll just go through a couple, because, you know, some of the comments are like, no, no, no. Like, Philip says, this isn't hell. The team has played better recently. Sweat has made the defense better. Two first-round picks with one that will likely be top three. He says, they very likely will go to reset everything but GM after two years. That's not good. And if they don't, it could be worse. And then the ultimate, essentially, which I think sums everything up, is Eric says, We have two top five picks in a great quarterback class, a lot of good young players, and plenty of cap space. It could absolutely be worse. And he says it could be, but at some point doing this over and over and over is tiring. And that's, that's the point. And that's also another, I think, reasonable argument against like tanking. The teams that pick early tend to continually pick early over and over and over again, and it doesn't fix their team. Now, occasionally you get a Houston Texans situation, right? The Houston Texans essentially have done something similar to what like the Legion of Boom Seahawks did. Like all of a sudden you look and you're like, dude, they hit on a lot of picks and then they just nailed the quarterback pick. Like, holy crap. Like just all of a sudden you look and it's like, dude, they did great in the draft the last several years. And you don't really notice it until you punctuate it with a quarterback and then it's like oh okay they they have a lot of good players all of a sudden because they literally I think like two years ago you looked at the team and said they have a left tackle and zero other things like literally not one other player that is redeemable and a coach that you don't like and everything else is just hell and now you look at the Texans and so so again like I, I once in a blue moon something like that happens and I think everybody tends to think like you get that number one pick and just boom you're you do what the Texans did but usually, you just end up, like he's saying, it's just the same thing every year. You pick high, you dream, you wish. Remember last year, number one pick in the draft and over $100 million in cap space? This was going to be the year, and you still suck? And what are you excited about? Starting all over again. New coach, new quarterback, new GM. But hey, we got two picks! Disaster. All right, last one is going to be our uh, good friend, the Paul Farrington Show. We've played him several times, um, kind of picked on him when I did my whole, you know, pulling receipts thing several months ago. I found him because he did a video quite a while ago, basically trashing the Packers, saying Jordan Love is going to be terrible. And then after like a preseason game, it was like, oh no, they're, they they did it again, right? Well, Paul's a really cool guy. Like he he, first of all, whenever he does Packers content, 
he blows up. Packer fans are just a different level. I mean, there are certain teams that do that on YouTube. Dallas Cowboys, I think, are number one. Like the biggest video I ever did when I was doing primarily mock drafts was my Dallas Cowboys seven-round mock. And the seven-round mocks never do as good as just the first-round mocks. But because it's Dallas Cowboys, it was like 20,000 views, and it was like, what the heck is going on here? I had very new YouTube channel, all that stuff. But the Packers are kind of similar. So he understands, like, when he does a Packers video, we're all going to flood over there. We're going to, so he's, he's just cool about it and he leans into it. And he's like, look, I'm just going to give you what you want. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear and I will bow out gracefully. And it's, it's all cool. So he, uh, he has, he's a good sport about it. He definitely takes a different approach than the boys over at Barstool. But here is Paul Farrington. Um, the title of this video is, This is Bad. Jor- Jordan Love looks fantastic, all caps, again. Packers huge win over the Chiefs, Green Bay playoff bound. And welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, reacting to the Packers' 27-19 win over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You see, we're out of studio today. I got my Vikings background behind me. We'll, we'll have a live reaction with Ziggy, Jack, Zach, the whole crew tomorrow. But I just had to get on after this one. We have a lot of Packers fans. They asked, why, why don't we do instant reactions? And really, it's just because we can't get there sometimes. But after a huge win like this for Green Bay, not for me. Make that clear. Look behind I got purple people eaters. I got Brett Favre down there. I think I forgot to mention Vikings is is his thing. We're a Vikings podcast, but we do have to acknowledge when Green Bay has these huge wins and Packers fans have been so great to us that I figured I'd hop on for a little bit here. Today was the first time where I watched Jordan Love and I looked over at my dad and my brother and I said, when he drops back to pass, I'm scared that he's going to complete it. You know, I'm not rooting for the Packers here. I'll be the first one to admit that. When Jordan Love was dropping back in the third and fourth quarter of this game, I wasn't expecting a mistake. I was expecting him to hit someone, whether it was Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs. This was the first time where I was truly a little frightened by Jordan Love, which is crazy to say, given where we were just a month ago. And while I recognize that everyone in the media was quick to throw him under the under the fire, you know, people were hard on him. In our podcast, we were hard on him too. But you do have to remember... We've said this entire year, especially on my show, we said, be calm with Jordan Love. He'll get there. There there was a sense of urgency back in early November when he was struggling to right the ship because everyone should be under some pressure. You do have to perform in the NFL. But a lot of people seem to forget that the goal wasn't to have Jordan Love cooking in September. It wasn't to have him at peak form in mid-September, October. It was to get Jordan Love ready for December football, for potential January football. And that's something a lot of Packers fans knew, but what a lot of outside people didn't understand at the time. And we're seeing that the patience is paying off in Green Bay. And that's one thing the Packers organization that you guys do really well. You're calm. You understand that it takes some time for things to come together. They showed the average age of the Packers is 25.6. The offense they said on the broadcast is even younger. This isn't something that you can rush with this team. If you gave them time, which you guys have, Slowly, you're being rewarded for it. And I have to applaud the Packers fans because there was a lot of heat coming that Jordan Love wasn't going to work out, that you know maybe they made a mistake putting their faith in him. Here's a guy who's not a rookie. He's in his fourth year. Like He has something to prove. And people were ready to give up on him, saying that he was too old to be making the mistakes that he was making. But he hadn't played in the NFL. He hadn't really played in regular season games before. So why were we so quick to get on this kid? And now you're going to see everyone will give him his flowers. Everyone for the next 24 hours is going to be saying how Jordan Love 
might be the next Rogers, might be the next Brett Favre. And that's a mistake too, because we can't put too much pressure on him now to perform like exactly what Aaron Rodgers said, by the way. And, and, and I think that that's true and it's hard to not at least glance over there and, and overreact and, 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 and again, have fun with it, whatever. But um, he is right. You know, I mean, it, there, there's, there's multiple kinds of pressure and all pressure is going to be negative. The Hall of Famers that came before him just because he's been hot for three or four games. Jordan Love is progressing at the rate that Packers fans want. I sat back in the fourth quarter and thought to myself, this is the perfect scenario for Packers fans. Your, your quarterback is going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football with a playoff spot on the line, and he's outperforming them. That's unbelievable from where we were in October or November. It's just crazy. Look at the Packers' schedule to end the year now. You had the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Five very winnable games. They'll probably be, I'd say, favored in four of them, maybe not at Minnesota. But right now, you're in possession of the seventh seed. And you're, you're above the Rams, who still have to go to Baltimore. They still have San Francisco left on their schedule. Seattle's plummeting fast. Now, to be fair to Seattle, they looked really good against Dallas. But when you got the 49ers and the Eagles coming up, you're already 6-6. Six and six. I don't like their odds to make the playoffs. It feels to me like it's shaping up to have the Vikings and Packers battling for the 6-7. and seven. And Those are the te- teams I pick right now. And Green Bay, you still have your chance to go to Minnesota and avenge your loss to Kirk Cousins, who's not playing anymore. So you get to avenge your loss to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Without- when premium ingredients come to... Stupid commercials. Um, we'll, we'll just end it there. I mean, I, I'd love to play the rest of it, but I think you get the point, right? Again, please go show Paul Farrington, the Paul Farrington show some love over on YouTube. He is really good with, uh, Packer fans. And again, he knows that's a big portion of his audience. And so he, uh, he's really cool about everything. And, and, and I think everything you said is right. The, the positives and the negatives, not even negatives, but just sort of the, you know, pump the brakes, you know, things are progressing. That's, that is the, the absolute right take, but you know. He's also right, and this is what we're going to get into next, that all of a sudden everyone's going to give Jordan Love his flowers, right? And and this is the thing that the national media does that, you know, we're kind of leaning into a little bit, again, because it's fun. And and listen, to be completely honest, I, I think Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and certain guys, the reason I'm so over the top is because, I like he said, it's been so negative. Like Jordan Love has been called basically a piece of garbage for four years. Since he was drafted, it was the worst pick in the entire draft, right? It was just the dumbest thing that anybody could have ever done. All of these guys have just been crapped on. So yeah, I'm I'm having fun with it. It's, it, you know, is it the right take? Probably not. Like, just, you know, take it a day at a time. It's looking good. We'll see how it goes. But they deserve it. But but yeah, that, that is what's going to happen is everybody wants to be first, but also wants to be the loudest. You know, once people start to notice Jordan Love, it's not enough to just say, as Paul said, or as Roger said, like, he's looking good, but let's let's take it easy and let's just see how it goes. No, it's got to be like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a da 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 right? Because it's, otherwise, how do you stand out on the national media stage? If, if you're not going to be the first, you got to be the loudest. But after the break, I know we're running late, but that's fine. I want to, I want to, this is going to be a little bit of a longer one. I got the time today. I want to get to some of these videos of the national media starting to to notice, starting to pay attention, starting to talk about the Packers, starting to, as he says, give the Packers and Jordan Love their flowers. So one more time, the Paul Farrington Show, please go subscribe. 
Also, packing a podcast on YouTube. If you're if you're there, just do it. You know, don't pump out as much content as I should. But you get your derailed every week. Like, just just come hang out with us. Anyways, we'll take our final break and we'll be back with some flowers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So the goal is going to be to get through as many of these as I can, but I tell you what, um, I think you're going to enjoy this. Mike Florio basically does my job for me. The guy goes on an absolute rant. He starts pulling receipts, reading actual quotes, and to top it off, and I'm not kidding you if you haven't heard this yet, Mike Florio is now claiming the Packers, and I know some of this is just in jest or whatever, but you got Mike Florio on a video ranting about how everybody was a D-bag about Jordan Love and saying he can't play, and you get to hear him say, go Pack Go. And then my Packers as we go through this video. This is uh, this is one for the ages, folks. And by the way, it starts off with uh, Miles Simmons. I don't exactly know who he is, but it's, I'm still going to play it because it all fits in with the entire thing that we're doing here, which is media members kind of either, you know, doing a 180 or at least are now throwing their hand up going, I, I told you, doesn't matter. The point is, it's all love. It's a little bit long, but it's good, so I'm just going to let it play through. Here you go. Uh, which potential NFC wildcard team proved they can be more dangerous, your L.A. Rams or the Green Bay Packers, Miles? Oh, I'm definitely going with the Packers. Look, I, you know, aside from Dak Prescott, I don't know that any quarterback has been playing over the last three weeks better than Jordan Love. I really don't. I mean, going back to that game against the Chargers where, look, he just started to see more dynamic. So you look at his numbers right now, 69% of his passes he's completed for 857 yards, eight touchdowns, no picks, no lost fumbles either. He's getting 7.9 yards per attempt over the last three games, a 116.9 passer rating, which would lead the league right now if you extend that over the course of the regular season, just better than Brock Purdy. So look, if Jordan Love keeps playing like this at an elite level, not only are they going to make the playoffs, they might win a game, right? 3-6 matchup between the Lions and the Packers, potentially. I, I mean, I might like the Packers in that one, Mike. 
Hey, and I am a huge Jordan Love fan. I have been so disappointed by the members of our profession who have just dissed him, not given him a fair chance to learn the game. He's been the one innocent bystander in this entire whatever profane term you want to apply that occurred between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Everybody else was there by choice. Jordan Love got drafted into that mess. He had to sit there like Jesse Pinkman with the glass of water between Walter White and Skyler at the dinner table and just figure out why am I here? What am I doing? Right? Like, yeah. and then he gets thrust into the fray when Aaron Rodgers finally leaves and everybody expects him to be the next Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame quarterback. And I expected from the hot take artists like Colin Coward, who as recently as October 23rd was proclaiming to the world that Jordan Love can't play. Before the season, our friend Adam Shine, who is by no means a hot take artist, he was all in on the Jordan Love can't play. This is going to be a disaster. Give the kid a freaking chance. He's in the worst possible position you could imagine. We wonder why quarterbacks stink in the NFL. We put them in these difficult positions. They have no choice over where they're going to start their careers. They get drafted. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege. Yeah, it's an honor and a privilege to be put in an unwinnable situation. It has pissed me off to no end that people have added to the unreasonable pressure on this kid by saying he can't play. And I love it that he's sticking it in all their faces. Even as a lifetime devotee of the Minnesota Vikings, I love what the Packers are doing. I love what Jordan Love is doing. And I hope to make... They make the playoffs, and I'd rather they make the playoffs than the Vikings because I think with Jordan Love, the Packers are in a better spot to go to the playoffs and win. The Vikings will be one and done. The Packers, like you said, if it's 3-6, Packers going into Ford Field, I'll take Jordan Love over Jared Goff right now, Miles. Oh, I, I would too. I mean, based on the way that those two guys have been playing over the last few weeks, absolutely. Jared Goff has been turning the ball over more, you know, and that's part of why the Rams wanted to get rid of him in the first place, speaking of the LA Rams. But yeah, I I, I like the way Jordan Love is playing. I love the way that Matt LaFleur has gotten more confidence in him over the course of the regular season. And he did. He needed some time to just get into the rhythm of being a pro quarterback and being a starting quarterback week after week. And that's why you really need the a season to evaluate those things. So, you know, also shout out to Matt LaFleur, still undefeated in December as a head coach. I think he's done a great job there. I don't want to pick on Colin Coward unreasonably, but at times I feel like he says so many outlandish things, we just ignore any of the things he says. Here's what Colin Coward said, October 23rd. We can't let this crap go. We can't let this go. Here's what he said. We're six games into Jordan Love. The only people defending him are adult men who wear cheese heads in the fall. It's obstructing your view. Get another hat. He can't play. Watch how Matt LaFleur calls a game. He doesn't trust him to throw the ball down the field. He's just not accurate. That's Colin Coward, October 23rd. So Jordan Love, stick it up all their butts. Keep doing what you do. Go, pack, go. I'm ordering a cheese head as soon as this show ends today. All right. Which now I'm we telling move on Paul Allen. On so that happened. Um, for those that don't know, Mike Florio, one of the bigger, um, I guess, media people in the NFL and very well-known Minnesota Vikings fan, went on to say that he hopes that the Packers get into the playoffs more so than the Vikings because the Packers can actually win and the Vikings cannot. He then attacked everybody. 
who didn't give Jordan Love a fair shot, said he's ordering a cheese hat, and said, go Pack Go. Well, he didn't get to the part where he's saying my Packers or whatever, but he later on starts saying my my Green Bay Packers. So again, I know this is going to be a short-lived thing, but you want to talk about... <sighs> I don't know exactly how to even put it. And maybe this is just overreaction in the other direction. But the other guy, Miles, was not wrong when he said, you know, you look back over the last three weeks, and it's just three, and granted, it's been probably four or five for Jordan, but over the last three weeks, aside from Dak Prescott, it's hard to find a quarterback playing better right now than Jordan Love. That means something. Pat Mahomes is still in the NFL. Joe Burrow is still in the NFL. Josh Allen, if he's still even considered a good quarterback, is still in the NFL. It's hard to know there's such a big turnover. All the top guys don't seem like the top guys anymore. There's a lot of good quarterbacks right now. And to say that Jordan Love is not only in that group, but is around the top of that group is a very serious statement, especially when you start looking at the fact that the wide receivers are getting just as much praise when you figure that the defense is getting just as much praise. Now that may, you know, maybe the quarterback thing is fake. Maybe the wide receiver thing is is fake. Maybe the, the defensive thing is overblown. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you start looking at the team and saying, look, the, the defense is doing a good job. The receivers are doing a good job. Matt LaFleur is doing a good job. Jordan Love is doing a good job. Again, you come back to it. And what, what else is there to deduce from this? I mean, number one, as I've said before, it's, it's silly to think that the Packers wouldn't get into the playoffs. Now, anything can happen. It was silly to think they would be in the playoffs not very long ago. For all we know, this thing falls apart in epic fashion, and the Packers miss the playoffs, and it's just a complete letdown, and then we're talking get rid of Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera, right? Those things are possible, but unlikely coming off the two wins that they just had, considering we're going up against teams like the Giants and the freaking Panthers. And so again, you, you get from A to B, okay? Are they going to the playoffs? Almost certainly, okay. Are they good enough to win a game? Yes, now, are you thinking Super Bowl? No, because you're leaning toward probably the 49ers, if not the 49ers, maybe the Cowboys. But even that, it's like, okay, but the best team doesn't always get in. Crazy stuff can happen. Packers were the best team in football in 2020. They didn't walk away with a trophy, did they? They didn't even get to the Super Bowl. Anyways, I, 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 I'm... It's, it's, a, it's a different day. And, and all I'll say is the same thing I've said before. Maybe this stuff doesn't continue. But right now, it is the reality we live in. Right now, the Green Bay Packers are not accidental playoff hopefuls. They are in the playoffs, and they are one of the top teams right now in terms of the way that they're playing at this point in time. They are one of the best teams in football that is that is poised to not only get in the playoffs, but make a run in the playoffs. That's the reality you live in with Jordan Love at quarterback. Bask in it. Bask. Shall we continue basking? We're running a little late, but I want to I hit a couple of these. Let's do a little one here. Uh, we'll just kind of grab it in the middle. It's hard to find like a clip because he's like me. He kind of rambles and it's like, get to the freaking point so we can do something here. But this is John Middlecoff, who also was a guy that early in the season was kind of ragging on Jordan Love being bad and is now saying different things. So Jordan Love has a couple things going for him. One, he's clearly gotten a lot better. Like he's making big plays. Some of them, I mean, that one throw where he just threw it up there on fourth down. A little lucky, but the dot that he threw to Watson for the second touchdown he threw to him, they're having pretty unreal chemistry. It was like, God, that looked like, and even Collinsworth says this, I'm not saying he's Favre or Rodgers. He just has the physical characteristics to do some of the stuff that they did. And it's why I don't like the Kenny Pickett's. I don't like the Mac Jones because their ability to hit as a player 
they have their their floor. You know, everything has to go so well for them just to be an average player. Like Purdy's not really my style. I would never have liked Brock Purdy coming out of college and ever envisioned him to be my starting quarterback. Now, once he plays, I go, God, this guy's pretty damn good. But I tend to like because of learning from Andy Reid and even before that with Pat Hill, guys with physical characteristics. Now, I want them to be. I want to stop there because I I, I want to have a quick conversation. Uh, this isn't about me. This is about the the media guys and their praising of the Green Bay Packers. But can we have a quick conversation here about this? I want to talk to the uh, scouting geniuses, the ones that told me that any freaking idiot could see that Jordan Love wouldn't be good in the NFL if you just watched his tape. If, 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 if those of you that took that opinion and told me that for years, that if you can't see that he was going to be a bust, that you're a complete idiot and that he shouldn't have been a first round, a second round, even a third round guy, he was a complete joke. I'd like you to step forward for a second so we can have a quick conversation about this because I find this interesting from John Middlecoff here because he's pointing out kind of what I've been saying for a while. There, there is a certain style, and I'm sure there's a more eloquent way to say what I'm saying, but I'm just trusting that you all know exactly what I'm talking about. There are just certain styles of quarterbacks. You could maybe, I'm sure there's multiple styles, but let's just put them into three buckets for now. Number one, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, etc. right? The mobile quarterbacks. Number two, is Tom Brady, the pocket passers. And number three are the Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Love. Now, may I just suggest to you that perhaps what John Middlecoff is saying has some truth to it. That in order to be a Mac Jones or a Tom Brady or whatever and be good, you have to be really, 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 really good. Because you don't have the exceptional. You don't have that ability to do magic when things break down. So you have to be even more efficient than what you'd find from some of these other guys to be even put in the same category. If you're good, that's no good because a lot of guys are good, but they also have the ability to do amazing and you don't. That doesn't mean you can't throw a really accurate pretty pass. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ability when when the play is basically over. Right? Let's go back to the play that everybody knows. I, I, I say everybody knows it. Now I can't remember. I, I want to say it's against the Bears, but I, I, it might not be. Aaron Rodgers being tackled to the ground, throwing sidearm with his feet off the ground because he's being tackled and hitting a guy. I mean, there, there might be three examples in your brain that you're thinking of, but there's one very specific one that we've seen a thousand times as Packer fans. He's on the right side of the field, right? running toward the sideline, being tackled, and he throws it, you know, we'll call it sidearm, but he's at like a 30-degree angle. And it's not just like lobbed to a wide-open guy, right? Where it's like, well, that was fortunate. No, I mean, this this is a very covered, blanketed guy that if you're going to get the ball there, it has to be pinpoint accurate. And it just so happened to be pinpoint accurate. Leaving aside the part where most quarterbacks, when they're four inches away from being slammed into the dirt are not thinking, hey, I wonder if I can find a guy open. That's a different kind of quarterback. And Jordan Love is one of those very rare people who has those very rare abilities where if he can hit, the sky is the freaking limit. He's not Jared Goff where, or, or Kirk Cousins where it's like, no, he's, he's actually really good. He's really, really good. But even being at his best, you still look at him and go, but is it good enough to win with? Right. Even if you look at the mobile quarterbacks, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, if you get a guy that's a good quarterback, that's good. But then we also have this other thing that we can freaking dominate you with. 
So we got a good quarterback, but we can also just take off, and which, you know, now you defensively have so many things you have to counter and everything. Like, it's just a nightmare. But apparently you all refused to acknowledge that he had those abilities and just wanted to look at the fact that he threw a bunch of interceptions and had some inaccurate passes because largely because of the situation he was in, but we'll just ignore that. I'm just wondering if there's been, if you guys have had a meeting yet about your scouting tendencies and how they suck. Just wondering. Let's do this next. Uh, This is Adam Shine, who obviously everybody knows was probably the loudest and um, most negative. We'll we'll have to bring up some of his... uh, some of his audio, we won't do that today, but he was really, 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 really obnoxious in um, in what he had to say, not just about Jordan Love in particular. In fact, it wasn't as much about Jordan Love as it was about the Green Bay Packers organization as a whole and how things are about to be horrible, et cetera, et cetera. But here is where Adam Shine sits today. How about my guy, Jordan Love? I mean... You know, I always loved the draft pick. I always believed in Jordan Love, always said he could play football. Listen, I am always the first to tell you when I'm right, and I'm always the first to tell you when I'm wrong. And obviously, I was spot on with San Francisco. The Jordan Love domination has absolutely floored me. And sometimes you just have to call it like it is. And obviously, and Brian Gunakis, to his credit, during the bye week, you know, he didn't commit to anyone or anything. And, you know, jobs were on the line. What what Jordan Love has done after an atrocious start to his fourth season in the NFL, first as a starter, what Jordan Love has done the last three weeks, Jordan Love deserves so much credit. Jordan Love has just done a great job in terms of really improving and progressing through his progressions, throwing the deep ball, his accuracy, his decision-making, other than taking that awful sack. He can't do that before the Carlson field goal. Field goal. He bailed him out. By the way, that's not, that's not true. Um, he's wrong about that as well. He needs to just stop giving opinions and just stick to information like he's, you know, Jordan Love is good. Uh, he's wrong about that. You, you, he needed to take a sack in that situation, unfortunately, um, because if you throw it away, the clock stops. So you either throw it to somebody who's open and they catch it and you convert a first down or you take the sack. And I'm willing to bet that that was communicated to him from Matt LaFleur. If nobody's there, just get down. Try to get as many yards back as you can, but get down. And that's what he did. He dove forward and went down. And, and made it from 48 yards. Jordan Love has been breathtaking. I mean, it, this really is a love story, and I, I am wrong. I am stunned. I'm happy for my guy, Matt LaFleur, who I think has been, you know, dealt a really bad hand from Gunakist in the past and drafting a third-string quarterback like Love in 2020. And obviously, you know, you got fans calling for his head, and I think wrongly so. Jordan Love was remarkable last night against the Chiefs. And that's a Chiefs defense that is excellent, well-coached. And Jordan Love was just absolutely hitting on bombs, three touchdowns, played with ease right from the jump. Bam, bam, sizzling hot, couple of drives, long, sustained touchdown scoring drives, rapport with Christian Watson. And how about that one with Dobbs on that fourth down? You know, basically, I love how Chris Collinsworth almost fell out of the booth, you know, through that that cornhole throw. I love the way Tariqo and Collinsworth described that, you know, like lobbed it up in the air right into to the waiting arms of, of Romeo Dobbs. That, that was fun stuff if you're a Packer fan at the end. And, you know, you got to give Jordan Love credit. 
So I, yeah, I, I will accept that. <laughs> Look, I mean, as, as much as it made me really angry, as you know, and I, I got it all out. I mean, Adam Shine and uh, Colin Coward were the two, I think in particular that I, that I can think of that in my opinion, crossed the line. You know, and, and I know it's all just opinions and it's nonsense or whatever, but in terms of like actually making me angry and saying crap that just infuriates me, I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Annoyed the living crap out of me too. Most Packer fans were fine with it, but I just, I, I, I didn't like it. Um, Brant, Brant's rant about, you know, be ready, Packer fans, it's coming. Yeah. Freaking. Anyways, um, but you know what? I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. He Listen, first of all, he didn't have to do this. You got half of the media right now who didn't even dog Jordan Love, who are pretending the biggest storyline here is penalties. He came out and said, the big storyline here is Jordan Love, and I was wrong. And now I'm a fan, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. That works. That works for me. I mean, I listen, if I feel the need to poke fun at him, I will, but I'm not going to gatekeep. Right. I don't like that. I don't like the idea of, nope, you're not allowed to come over here. Nope. You said you stay over there now. And I know I've, I've probably said that a few times in anger. You know, d- don't you dare try to come support Jordan Love. And, and, and listen, that's that, that that is 100 percent out of frustration from people who have been giving us crap for three years. And yes, I would prefer if they would just own it and go somewhere else. But if they want to jump on, please jump on, because that's where all this that's where a lot of this crap comes from. Like I said, that's why things get so bad as it is, because I mean, you have people who attack draft picks today, not because of anything wrong with that draft pick, but because they hate Brian Gutekunst. And they hate Brian Gutekunst because of something he did like four years ago, whether it's the Jordan Love pick or something else. And so now there's all these, these after effects, you know what I mean? Like there's all this other stuff that starts happening where you just have these like anti Gutekunst people and it's like, yeah. and it's just, it's not even rational. It's just, I'm so mad about the Jordan Love pick that now I'm going to be miserable about everything. And then I'm going to start being miserable about the team. The team sucks. Well, why do you think the team sucks? Well, they have to think the team sucks because the team is stocked with players that were brought in by Gutekunst, who's the guy that drafted Jordan Love, which pissed this guy off four years ago. And so the, the, the gatekeeping thing keeps people defensive to where they can't just let stuff go as opposed to just doing what Adam Shine did, which says, you know what? I'm just going to take it on the chin like a man, right? I'm just going to walk up and be like, yep, I said it. I'm an idiot, whatever. He's going to take it on the chin and he's going to move on. And now he doesn't have to sit there and pretend like, well, Jordan's not good. And just, it's just making stuff up and just digging a trench. So look, if, if you'd like to get off that bandwagon, go ahead and do it. You don't have, I mean, I'm not saying come in full guns a blazing because, you know, again, you can come in too hard and now it's Jordan loves the greatest thing in the world and then he's bad and then it's all, he's the worst thing in the world. Like we don't have to get too crazy with stuff, but can we at least acknowledge that perhaps drafting Jordan love was not the worst thing in the world? Can we at least see the vision? Even if Jordan love goes on to be horrible, can you just pause where we are right now and recognize how unbelievably amazing all of our lives would be as Packer fans if Jordan Love is the right guy. Can you see what I've been trying to explain to you for years? Can you grasp it now? Do you understand why this, what we are experiencing right now, is so much more significant than T. Effing Higgins? T. Higgins, good lord. Could you imagine if we, and forget T. Higgins, what if we got Patrick Queen? You know how happy 
Most of the Gutekunst haters would be if we had Patrick Queen. That guy is awful. He's awful. And we'd have no quarterback. No quarterback. Jordan Love would, or Aaron Rodgers would be gone. Jordan Love would be tearing it up for another team. He'd be making $50 million a year for the Eagles or something right now. Can you at least understand it? Let me, let me take one more swing at this here with the uh, Jordan Love versus T. Higgins thing. There, one, one of the things that people like myself have tried to get across to the you know crowd that would rather have T. Higgins is how much more valuable quarterbacks are. The bottom line is MVPs are always quarterbacks, and they always should be. I think what we maybe need is a different award called like MEP, which is most exceptional player, and we can start getting some really good receivers and stuff in there. But when you look at value, it's quarterback by a mile. It's always going to be quarterback. There are several different ways that you can try to look at value. Pro Football Reference has a thing called um, AV, which is something value, adjusted value or whatever. And it's just a way of trying to like put into a numeric value what your value is. Now, they it doesn't look like they've calculated it. I think they maybe wait until the end of the year and then they calculate your AV. So I went and looked somewhere else and I, I went to SIS because they have a thing called total points. There you go. And it's, it's transferable. So you can look at points from quarterbacks and wide receivers or whatever. It's, it's just another way of looking at how much value you have provided. So I pulled up T. Higgins and Jordan Love. T. Higgins in 2020, the year that he would have uh, single-handedly won us a Super Bowl, provided 24 points of value. In 2021, he provided 31 points of value. 2022, it was 26, and in 2023, so far, four. In three and a half years, roughly, T. Higgins has provided the Cincinnati Bengals with roughly 85 points of value. Jordan Love, on the other hand, if I can pull him up here, in 2020, provided zero points of value. In 2021, he provided zero points of value. Of value. In 2022, he provided 11 points of value, and so far this year, 74. Now, if you'll remember, T. Higgins' best year, he provided 31 points of value. In a half a year as a quarterback, Jordan Love has provided 74. In his entire career, T. Higgins has provided 85 points of value. Do you know what happens when you add 74, Jordan Love this year, and 11, 2022's value? Do you know how many points you get? You get 85 exactly. So according to this, which is just one way of trying to approximate value provided to a team, Jordan Love to this point has provided the exact same amount of value to the Green Bay Packers that T. Higgins in four years has provided to the Cincinnati Bengals. By the time this season is done, pending some kind of a horrific injury, Jordan Love will almost double the value. If he's up to 74 right now, again, pending something awful happening, we should assume he'll get over 100. He is about to, starting next week, surpass T. Higgins in value. Again, we can revisit this once PFR posts their AV and all that uh, for the season. I don't think it'll be all that much different in terms of any evaluation of value. 
And again, this, is, this isn't some weird mathematical trick. This is a well-known thing. Quarterbacks are infinitely more valuable. That's what I've been trying to explain to you forever. This is an unfair fight. Jordan Love can come on the football field and drag his butt across the ground, like my dog does in my living room, and provide more value than T. Higgins. He's a quarterback. That's how it goes. So no, it's not stupid to draft the quarterback of the future, even if he has to sit. Oh, that's a waste of all those years. All those years wasted. In one year, Jordan Love can make up four years of value for a wide receiver. In fact, he's going to surpass him. And, and, and I don't know how you can sit here and watch what Jordan Love has done and say, nah, I think T. Higgins provides more value. You're full of crap if you're going to sit here and say that. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. I got a ton more videos and stats and fun audio for us to listen to, but we're, uh, we're running a little bit long here. So we will just, um, I'll just try to pepper those in as we go along throughout this week. But you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.